Welcome to Voices of Gen Z, the Future of Democracy, a podcast hosted out of the Department of Political Science and Public Policy at Merrimack College. Tonight, I'm joined with my co-host, Dr. Harry Wessel, who is also a professor in the Political Science Department, and we are joined with three Merrimack students, Clarissa, Sam, and Lily. So we're really excited to have them here tonight on the podcast as we're going to talk about student leadership and activism, especially during the pandemic. So maybe we could start with the three of you kind of giving a little bit of background on your overall, your experience with leadership on campus. And anyone's welcome to start. I got you. I'll go first. Go for it. <laughs> uh, so I, I'm Sam. I use her pronouns. I am an undergraduate senior. I'm a triple major in psychology, social justice, and women's and gender studies. Uh, I am the intern for multicultural initiatives. I'm the president of our Gender and Sexuality Alliance, first-year experience mentor. I'm on the Unity House Council. I'm in the honors program. I do a bunch for them, basically all over campus. <laughs> Great. Great. Awesome. Um, my name is Clarissa. I also use she, her pronouns. I am a junior uh, with a well, major in psychology and a minor in health science. I am a diversity, equity, and inclusion student ambassador, and I am also the president of the Black Student Association here on campus, and I'm also a drive peer leader. Awesome. Great. Lily? Hi, I'm Lily, she, her pronouns. Um, I'm a sophomore studying English and secondary education with a minor in women's and gender studies. Um, and on campus, I'm an honor student. I'm a student ambassador. I'm also an orientation coordinator and a member of the GSA. Very cool. So a lot of diversity of experiences here in terms of what you've actually been able to do on campus. And so, uh, I mean, as leaders on campus, what do you think are some of the challenges to being a student leader, even in normal times, right? So, so like, Sam, you've been at Merrimack for quite a bit before the pandemic hit, right? So maybe you, you and, and you as well, Clarissa, um, but what, what is it like to be a student leader and what do you get out of it and what are some of the challenges? Yeah, so I definitely have been here for a while on my way out next month, which is super sad, but very exciting. <laughs> um, so I think, Something that's been the most rewarding for me is just like getting to meet all the amazing people that I have over the course of these four years. I definitely would not have created this amazing network of not only my peers, but uh, faculty, staff, literally everyone at Merrimack uh, without these leadership positions that I've held. I think one of the biggest challenges, honestly, sometimes you can get the is getting the students behind what you care about. Um, a lot of the times you have like your immediate group of students that really care about whatever your cause is or your group, but getting the entire Merrimack student body to get behind it or even like half of them or a quarter of them can be really difficult. So I think that's definitely been the biggest challenge for myself. Clarissa, I don't know if you have different experience. Um, no, you pretty much said it. Like it's very rewarding meeting new people and like getting new experience, but the really challenging part is student engagement like you have to you know kind of like go and like promote and just talk to students and it's like yeah come here come there but it's just if they don't want it then it's like you can't really do much about it um they there's students that are involved but it's just it's just so hard and especially now with the pandemic it's like nobody wants to be in, on zoom and like go to virtual events because they already have it in class and stuff like that so I feel like that's like one of the most challenging things student engagement I also think um 
sometimes prioritizing what it is I'm leading and being an activist in has been really hard for me. Um, I started getting more and more involved this year and I've realized that it, it requires me to start prioritizing like what it is I'm being an activist for because I can't give everything my all. Um, so that's been really challenging. But when I do get something done, it feels good. <laughs> and I think that's something that a lot of young people struggle with because they're so ambitious. They want to do a lot of different things, but your identities are definitely still forming, right? It's trying to figure out like, what what are my interests? I know I want to change the world and, and, and do great things, but there's so many that needs to be done. So, so or so much that needs to be done. So Lily and, and Clarissa and Sam as well, as questions for you too, like, when you're going through that process of prioritizing, like, are there any signals, things that have been signals to you? Like, oh, actually, I think this is the direction I want to take and not this take and not this direction. Because I think that can be a huge challenge for young people is that identifying, you know, clues basically as to like, who is it that I'm going to be and where do I need to put my time and energy? I think it's largely reliant on those around me. So whether that's my peers who are also working with me on that, you know, what are they really into and really have a lot to say about? And also who is the person who's going to be listening? Um, Something that I've found to be huge is when I'm trying to fight for something, it has to be something that the person on the other side, you know, whether that's administration is ready to hear and ready to listen, listen to. Um, So while I may have a lot of things on the back burner, if there's only one thing that their ear is turned on to right now, I'm going to take advantage of it and and push for it. Yeah, going off of what Lily said, it's like mostly what what students talk about. Like I have people that come to me and they're like, yo, I have this problem. Like I'm like constantly, if I'm constantly hearing about the same problem, that's what I put my focus on to because, you know, there's things, there's a lot, there's a lot going on. But if that's what needs my immediate attention, because it's when multiple people say the same thing that I feel like that's something you need to pay attention to. I totally agree. And like, definitely like as an individual trying to figure out like what it is to like chase after or not is like, if there's something that like you're continually like willing to put on the back burner or like say no to every once in a while, like it probably isn't the best thing for you at the moment. And like having to like step back and say no, like I know like this group of people has talked a lot about like the difficulty of saying no, like for student activists, we're student leaders, like we care so much and like we want to do these things. So oftentimes we say yes way too many times and struggle to say no. I know that I really struggle with that. Um, so I think trying to combat that is like, is there something that I'm, I have been like kind of continually like pushing to the side, like not really paying attention to and just being like, okay, I need to like kind of break this tie and be like, I need to step back from this. And someone else will hopefully pick that up. And there might be other people that you can rely on to kind of follow along with that thing that you just can't like have in your forefront at the moment. Definitely. You guys have, uh, what's the right way to say techniques, ways of approaching people that you find work better than others. Is it the topic that you tend to lead with or is it just more generally just trying to get them to come forward in some way? And, you, and again, you mentioned the challenge of Zoom. How do you do that when you can't be 3D? Well, for me, what I normally do is like I just start a random conversation. Like I just have like, you know, I just have a regular conversation like, hey, how are you? How you feeling? What's going on in your life? And then. I just start like, oh, what do you think could be better or what needs improvement? Like, what are your ideas or what what's your opinion? And so I just base myself off of that because I feel like 
um, that's important. We have to hear the community and like hear what people have to say and go about that. I also think um, I have a little bit of a unique position with that because a lot of my activism comes into working so closely with college um, administration with my my jobs. Um, and so sometimes it's things that are already kind of in their view. They know there's a little bit of a problem. Um, and so I just kind of try to jump on that when I see it and tell them like, I'm here. I want to work on this with you. Um, so they're not alone in it and take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. And did your priorities in the way that you communicated with people or the things you communicated with them about did they change at all with in 2020? You know, not only because of COVID, but also because of the huge increase in the number of people who are participating in BLM protests across the world. Like, how, how did 2020 impact your activism? Well, for BSA, before we were mostly like um, kind of educating people on just like Black culture and stuff like that. But with the whole George Floyd and the BLM movement, our direction of like just switch to that and completely like BLM, you know, support, 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 like safe space to talk. And just like if you need to communicate, if if something is wrong, like if you're having a problem with that, like it kind of like switch from culture to what's happening now. Yeah, I definitely think that the pandemic has highlighted a lot of things, not only for like society, but for the college in general. Like I think they're starting to have a better understanding of like people's finances as well. Like the number of like financial aid programs that they've tried to like implement or like they had like the relief funds and things like that. I think they're hopefully this continues. And I think that's also a big thing is like, so we have all these things happening in 2020 and a little bit into 2021, but how are we going to keep these things going? Like these things aren't going to get better just in a year or just in a semester like these have been problems that have happened like way before this pandemic and before 2020 and they're going to continue after unless we make that substantial change so I think that is also just a really important thing that's come out of this year in this pandemic and all of the people rallying behind the BLM movement and the college has clearly like really jumped on that and realized that we can't ignore this anymore like the students don't want us to ignore it we can't ignore it ethically Um, So I just, I hope, and I I think that their plan is to keep pushing forward with this and not just letting it be a 2020 thing. Yeah. Do you feel like your peers are a little bit easier to mobilize now in 2020? Because one thing that people are kind of asking themselves is, is Gen Z, they are appearing to be pretty politically motivated now, like more so than younger generations in the past. And so have you noticed a shift at all in terms of being able to mobilize your peers for civic engagement? Go ahead, Lily. <laughs> I think I've seen it a little bit more, um, kind of like on a smaller scale. Um, if it's just like the people I know in my life have come to me um, asking questions they've never asked before. Um, they may not have been into politics or really, you know, cared about the news, and suddenly they're they see these things and they want to understand. Um, and a lot of times like I'll be there to provide them with the resources or, or give them as, as much information as I know. Um, so I've seen it a lot on a smaller scale of people really starting to have their eyes opened. Um, 
And I see, I try to worm my way into like opening up that engagement to more than just these questions. So I I had asked a little bit about how you reach out to people. Can I ask you, do you look for, do do you look for people to reach out to that you think will agree more with what you have to say, or is, are you looking for people that are a challenge to sort of bring in and bring into your umbrella of social justice? For me, it's both. Okay. It's like, we can't just focus on the people that are willing to, we also have to focus on the people that it's like a little bit more challenging to, you know, get to our side. Because mm-hmm. like the people that are, that are willing to, they're already there. They already know, you know, but I, I like a challenge. So it's like, how do I change your mindset into a more like accepting, like to be more accepting? So I focus on both. I also think um, because I've had like the honor to be on panels for our diversity um, days and diversity, equity, inclusion. Um, and in that, I see a lot of people who have similar mindset and I love that they're there to still listen and participate, but we still see people who have comments and questions that just really aren't right or aren't appropriate. Um, and it just is kind of like a reminder to me that like we are still fighting and we are still pushing and what I'm doing is needed. Um, so I kind of use it as fuel. Um, it's frustrating sometimes, but I just remind myself that like, this is why you're doing it. Yeah, because I would imagine a big challenge doing this type of activism is that a lot of these social issues have been very much politicized, right? And things that maybe at one point might've been a little easier to, and I'm going to say sell, like in quotations to people in terms of like, these are human rights, right? People from both sides of the aisle might've been a little easier, right? To get them to buy into that. But now a lot of these issues have become so politicized, right? Like mask wearing, something as simple as that, that is to protect everyone, regardless of your your political affiliation, has a political undertone to it. And so do you find the politicalization of a lot of these issues now or the heightened sense of it a challenge for you? I absolutely do. I think that's like part of that frustration that Lily was mentioning. Like, it's very frustrating to like, like these are basic human rights like to a lot of people like these are basic human rights like we shouldn't have to be fighting so hard for them like they should just be there Um, and I think that like your point about like the mass like it has been very politicized when you know the point of them is to protect people regardless of your identities regardless of your affiliations like they're to protect everyone not to harm anyone like they're there for the purpose of protection and not not meant to be a political thing that is like supposed to support one party over another. And I I definitely think that's been the frustrating thing is just trying to like tell people that something is a human right when it's like, why don't you just agree that it's a human right? I think that's going to be really frustrating from someone just like, no, but we all have our different perspectives. And sometimes you do have to fight someone on like why, you know, someone deserves to be able to go to the hospital and not become like unhoused because of it as an example. (laughs) Well, let me play the devil's advocate a little bit, because we did have a nice program where we talked about civil liberties and civil libertarianism. How how do you guys respond? And this is is under the COVID-19 umbrella. When someone says, 
um, you know, I, I don't want to wear a mask. It's my choice. It's my, it's my freedom. And I think it's just, and I think it's, how, how do you, how do you respond to that? And it kind of gets back to the whole question of how do you bring people in who aren't under your umbrella to start with, I guess. <laughs> That's kind of hard because it's like, mm everybody's entitled to their own opinion. That's like, that's, you know, everybody can think whatever they want, but kind of going up, like to talk to the person like that, I feel like with me, I I take a step back. I take a step back and I'm like, okay, first I have to calm down and um, make sure I'm right. And just kind of ask them like, why do you think that? Like, what what is going through your mind at that moment? Like, why are you why do you think that? Do you not care about others? Do you not care about health? And kind of go up like about that, like off of what they say, and kind of just figure it out along the ways. Because sometimes you don't have the answer right away. Sometimes you don't know how to deal with them. So I just feel like kind of taking a step back and asking them like, why? Like, what's going on in your mind? Like, tell me. And then go off about that. Yeah. I think it's like really difficult, especially in the United States, if we are a very individualistic culture, like there are many other places around the world that are very collectivistic. Like they care about their communities and like everything that they do, not only like serves themselves, but it is, is meant to serve their entire community. I think that's why it can be really difficult in the United States to have these conversations because people tend to only care about themselves and maybe their immediate like group of people. But if something that they could do would help someone that they don't know, they don't really care as much about it. They have to know someone in order to care about a cause or about anything um, that doesn't directly impact them. So I definitely think that that conversation is just very difficult in the United States because of that mindset and that attitude that a lot of people have. Do you find too that, because I, I feel like I found this in some of my own activism work, the challenge for me is like when people start to develop very much like an us versus them sort of mentality, right? And even if it's a group of people where I'm part of the them, right? I'm part, I'm accepted into their group and we all think the same, right? But when we start to then put others who maybe don't necessarily agree with us on like they're on the other side of the field and this is where we've drawn the line, a challenge that I've had is like, well, how do I convince my, my peeps, right? My people that I'm trying to, to achieve stuff with, to always be extending arms out kind of regardless of the rocks that might be hurled, hurdled, right? Cause it hurts when people start throwing insults or start being judgmental and you know that you just kind of have to push through it. I don't know if you've experienced that yourselves or, or have any advice for anyone who might be struggling with that of like, how do you keep reaching out to the other side to just keep breaking through these walls that are built up and trying to, so I think it's done on both the left and the right, where we like to put people on the other side and we are against them. How do we overcome that tendency? And I don't know the answer. I don't, it's something yeah, I, don't know if I, <laughs> I don't know if I have like an amazing answer, but I think like the first thing that just came to my mind was like just the education piece. Like the reason that like we go to school, we go to college, we do higher ed. Like if we have that privilege is to learn 
uh, and just get educated on things that we didn't know before. I mean, and that's life. Life is always about learning. Like you don't leave school and now you're not learning anymore. Like you learn from your environment, the people you're around. Like I'm a big advocate on experiential learning, just all aspects of life. Um, and I think, I think that I guess education piece is just really important is educating yourself first and then being willing to educate others. And I think that's a lot of what activism work is. And although it can be really difficult, especially for people who are like just really hesitant to try to learn, um, it can be very difficult. People who are very just like, no, I don't care what you have to say. Um, yeah. So I, that's not really not an answer to your question, but just kind of the first thing that came to my mind. <laughs> yeah, I kind of, I agree with that. I don't know if I have the right answer to, but like kind of going off of what Sam said, like education is very important. Also like keeping in mind or like telling people like, Hey, imagine if you were on there, like imagine if it was like roles reversed, like you have to be empathetic in this situation because sometimes people forget that, everybody has different experiences and people forget that empathetic side. And so it's like, what if you were on the other side of that? Like, how would you feel if you were treated the way you're treating them? So I feel like that's also very important, educating educating people on that aspect too. I also think um, even if they don't, they hear you and they don't want to listen or, you know, they keep othering themselves I try not to let it stop me. Um, like I'm never going to stop being vocal about what is important to me and what I believe in. Um, and I try to just remember that, that everyone has the ability to change their mind. That's just the unbelievableness of our human brains. Like there was a time in my life where I didn't believe the things that I believe now. I grew up in a very rural conservative area of Massachusetts. And there were things that I was told growing up that I no longer believe and now actively fight against. And it's just this, I did it once, someone else can do it too. And eventually maybe they will. So I'm never going to stop. I love that because I think that is something that we really struggle with. Like, I think it is true with all generations, um, I was gonna say it's just an our generational problem, but I think it's everyone. It's like we have this like kind of stigma around changing your mind. Like you said something, you said one thing like last week, and now you said a different thing. Like you're a hypocrite. But it's like maybe that is true, but a lot of the times it's like you just gain new information, you've gained new knowledge, and now you you have this new information to form new opinions. And I think that's something that we need to normalize more is changing your opinion after you've learned new information. So I hope that's something that changes in the future. <laughs> Can I ask you guys to maybe just project a little bit into the future? We're going through so many crises, crises in, in public health, in the economy, and certainly social racial crisis that we just went through a day to remember yesterday. Um, but what about, how, what do you see will be the priorities? The same? different five years down the road in other words where do you see yourself in your mid to late 20s in the social justice movement dealing with i feel like our generation is very vocal and like we are literally we put in the work so i feel like in like probably five ten years things will change it it does take time but i feel like we will make a change of some or something. So the goal is to be impactful. It doesn't necessarily have to be this thing, that thing, or something else, just something that falls under the social justice umbrella. Okay. What about yeah, it? I think, I think it, 
it's definitely kind of scary to think like, I think we have, I feel like so, part of me is like very like utopia, like, Oh, we're going to be amazing in a few years from now. But then like part of me is super cynical and is like, no, we're not making any changes. Like nothing's going to change and it's still going to be terrible. But I think just trying to find that like happy medium between, you know, like we're always going to keep making these steps forward. Maybe it's not like reaching that ultimate goal that we want, but as long as we're like making those strides, continuing to be vocal, continue to fight for change that even if we don't hit those ultimate goals, that it's okay. As long as we're making steps forward. I definitely don't think, um, like, I know I'm not going to change the world by myself. Like None of us really are, but I guess I just try to think about like every small impact I can make and, and hope that one day it could make a bigger picture. Um, yeah. And all of you have transitioned from high school to college, right? And been able to find a niche for yourself in terms of on-campus activism. What advice would you give for high school students right now, right, who have faced a lot over the past year and are maybe feeling a lot of feels, a lot of emotions about life right now, and they don't know what to do with all that emotion? What would be your recommendation for them in terms of, you know, feeling maybe a little bit uh, disillusioned, right, with life right now, but also I think younger people understand that politics is going to impact them in some way but they might not really be, they might not really know kind of what the next step is for them. What would be your suggestion? I always like to say that it is absolutely okay to feel like whether that's anger, sadness, it is okay to be an activist and still get angry and have to turn off your phone and have to turn off the news, let yourself feel things. And then you have to remind yourself to pick yourself back up and, you know, keep going. And if your activism in high school, you know, maybe it's only just posting things and talking to your family members and keeping conversation going with your friends, but remember to take breaks because you are only as good as you treat yourself. Um, so you got to give yourself a hundred percent too. Yeah. Going off of what Lily said, taking care of yourself is very, 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 I cannot stress this enough how important this is, because if you're not good with then you will not function. So that is something very, very important. And activism is, is very hard because you get frustrated because people don't listen. Sometimes people don't listen to you. And it's just like you like you would like for people to listen to you. But you also have to understand that not everybody has had the same experiences as you. Not everybody comes from the same place as you. So it's like it takes work. But don't take everything personally. Do not take everything personally because if you do, you're just gonna you're just gonna do damage to yourself. And so, yeah, let yourself feel these emotions. You know, take a step back when you feel overwhelmed. But always don't lose faith. Yeah, don't lose faith. Absolutely, like don't give up. Like you know, every day is not gonna look the same. Some days you're gonna be pushing. It's gonna be incredible, and you're gonna be super proud of yourself. And other days it just might feel like you didn't do a whole lot but that's okay too like I think what Lily says is like you're not going to give 100% every single day and you shouldn't because if you did then like your 100% would just be tiring <laughs> um, and I think that's something we need to remember is although like you know like don't give up but don't forget that every day is going to look different and that's okay it doesn't have to be an incredible day every single day for the rest of your life um, you know, feel those feels like Lily said, and just get back up the next day and keep pushing forward. Um, 
yeah, just don't give up. Kind of cliche, but. <laughs> but very important still. <laughs> well, Dr. Wessel, do you have any fi- final uh, questions or comments for Lily, Carissa, and Sam? No, I'm just overwhelmed. Great. It's great to know you're out there and keep up the good work, as they say. And by the way, I, I asked you where you're going to be in five years because just get ready for it. your first job interview. That's what they're going to ask you. They always do. Where would you be in five years? And I'm confident you'll be in a wonderful place, all of you. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. It's it's just I have a lot of faith in in your generation, especially in terms of you know, being able to make a real, a real long lasting change. So I'll be excited when you guys are in your thirties and forties and to be able to see where you're, where you're at at this point. I, I think millennials got it going on too, but there's something I think about Gen Z that is pretty special. So not to knock my own, you know, age cohort, but. Go ahead. Say something bad about baby boomers. <laughs> I wasn't even going to go there. <laughs> I want my okay boomer shirt. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you so much for, for joining us tonight. I, well, I guess before I shut it down, do you guys have any final comments you'd want to share before we, we go into our exit music? No, you not. got this. I believe in you. That's it. <laughs> Wherever you are, whoever you are, we believe in you and you got this. Right. Yeah. Connections, I think, are really important. Right. Building those building those networks of support are, are super important. Well, thank you so much, guys. And uh you know, congratulations on graduating, Sam. And uh, Thank you. I'm sure Clarissa and Lily, you will, you will be there way before you know it. So enjoy college now because it really is a super special time. So, yeah. so thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, guys.